So good to be with you again, everybody. Good morning. It's our last uh, discussion of the festival. It's been very nice to sit with all of you. And um, today is the disappearance day of Gorkashodas Babaji and uh, the Kadasi. It's also the ending of Kartik. If you began the Kartik on the Kadasi, if you began on the full moon and a few days into the week, that will culminate. So, uh, we'll speak a few words about the illustrious Gorkishore Das Babaji Marsh, his contribution to the Sampradaya. His picture, as you know, is on our altar. Hmm. And I told a story in this connection, probably worth repeating on this day, when Sridhar Marsh was instructing us about the way in which Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur conceived of the Guru Parampara with an emphasis on the um, association of um, advanced devotees, be it by virtue of initiation and or by siksha, that this was essential for our progress and as a result uh, he kind of drew the the line of his parampara through great um, siddhas appearing in a line from different lines so we have the Narutam Paribar the Nityananda Paribar and um, for example the line of Rup well, about um, her party bar, whatever, you know, and then he picked from there and put them all in one line. Um, and this is somewhat in in response to the idea of um, or the emphasis on on a siddhapranali line of siddhas, and that. With regard to the idea of it, uh, a, I want to say, um, diksha line of succession, emphasis on that, and certain formalities that had come to be um, um, accepted as elements of the uh, diksha. And uh, he felt strongly that a lot of the lineages that were emphasized in this point were not full of siddhas. And so his reason was the meaning of siddha. Pranali means like line. So what a line of siddhas if they don't have siddhas. So, um, so he said if we want to Pick the the, the siddhas, 
one episode of Pranala, we, do, we should do it like this, something like that. Hmm. We take our teachings from here and there, wherever we find a substantial, who's the spirit of it, contribution hmm, to the Sampradaya, and then we uh, connect the dots. Hmm. Not that there aren't other qualified people who don't make major contributions, but we can't name them all any more than we can name all the scientists in the world. But we can name the, New- the Newtons and the Copernicuses and Einsteins and and so forth, who along the way have shown something, made a major contribution, something special, innovated, added something, something like that. And um, I think, as I say, this was somewhat in response to the emphasis on the Diksha line coming directly from this associate, and you had to get the initiation here, otherwise you're out. People in the Nityananda Paribar, the family line of Nityananda, would say, you know, that if, if I say you should drink my urine, you, you will not get preem unless you drink my urine. I'm from the line of bhakti of of, of uh, the uh, of Nityananda Prabhu. So, so this kind of you know he made a diorama, bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, um, which is a way of his way of being innovative in his time for preaching clay diorama is kind of like what we today would be like a multimedia type of presentation so he made these t- dioramas exhibiting certain illustrating certain points of the philosophy and he had festivals and people would be invited and they would walk through the different booths and see the, the dioramas and, and get a philosophical point and so he made one with a brahmin uh, holding a shaligram shila in one hand and a nut like a walnut or what a cashew, I guess, you know. Cashews grow in India. In the other hand. And so his philosophical point was the Brahmins claim the right to worship the Shalagram Narayan, but um, the way they're doing it from the Shalagram's perspective, he's being used as a nutcracker because they're doing it only to make a living for themselves, to feed their bellies and so forth. And... Um, and I want to say, like manipulating people for money in the name of religion. Hmm? This is a symptom of the Kali Yuga and the Bhagavatam, the corruption of the Brahminical class. Oh, well, there was quite an out- outrage to this, an uproar in response from the from the um, what are they called? The um, Smartas. Smartas. They had kind of a strong hold on you know, kind of religious monopoly to an extent. They had tried to assassinate him at, at some point, Bhaktisiddhanta. So you can see, I mean, he was creating some waves. So at any rate, the, 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 they took him to court for this, the smartest, um, and complained. And in the back and forth and so forth, ultimately they made the point, okay, so, you know, you make your point, it's true, in some cases, this this happens, um, but your Godia people also do this. They are Godia people who are also worshiping deities, and and they're just really making a living off of giving initiations and selling and, and so forth. They're not nirutta tarshe rupa This is a statement of Parikshit Marsh. 
and glorification of Sukadeva Goswami as he enters into the tenth canto. You are so qualified. You have no material desire, so you can. Karunaya uh, as he says in, earlier on in the first first canto, he spoke this Purana out of compassion, not out of need for anything, hmm? but out of kindness and of sh- sharing, being full and so forth. Hmm? So this will have some power. Uh, he had a similar drama, diorama about that. But anyway, they said, your Godia people, some of them are also doing this. So Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthataka said, fine, then we'll put a Godia tilak on the, on the exhibit. No problem. So he prevailed and he could use the, the, the diorama and so forth. And he was not shy to critique a point as his own, his own tradition. And uh, so while he was arguing with the Varnashram, he's Brahman Smartas on the one hand, he was also making waves amongst the, uh, the Gaudiya people. Hmm. Um, and in that, trying to establish what the real meaning of Varnashram is and what the real meaning of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is as well, both of which he felt had been distorted by these types of uh, uh, persons, groups, and so forth. Hmm. So he responded also, let's say, in this way with uh, regard to the the uh, disciplic lines and so forth. Um, he said uh, that uh, wherever kibovipra kibanashi shudra kenenoye krishna tattva betase guruhai that wherever I can find Krishna consciousness substantially represented, represented there, I make my connection there. Hmm. Get help from there. They're not, it's not bound by institutional considerations, ecclesiastical considerations, bodily considerations, and, and so on and so forth. And so it was a very kind of emphasis of substance over uh, form. Hmm. And so he, you know, he made the line. Prabhupada gives that line, if you will, in a, in a, in his Bhagavad Gita as it is, as of the disciplic succession. And it looks like a straight line on paper, but as Sridhar said, it's like the Ganges. It goes like this. It moves in a zigzag way. So we go from one substantial carrier to another to another. Um, there may be, there may be a bhava guru parampara and a mantra guru parampara. You could say some people faithfully pass on the mantra, hmm? and they have good character, and some people have bhava and, and, and pass it on. Hmm? That's more substantial, and some people don't don't do either in the name of the guru parampara, and that that was the, the problem that he was um, concerned with, hmm? and so. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm telling the story of how Sridhar Marsh was speaking about this. And, um, and so w- one, of, one of us who had started a temple, um, not myself, but another godbrother of mine, had thought that he heard from Guru Marsh like this, and so he was putting the pictures on the altar, and uh, he put Sridhar Marsh's picture and Prabhupada's picture and Bhakti Siddhanta and then Gorkashore and Bhakti Vidanta. He said, Well, Gorkashore, what was his contribution? 
you know, I mean, like it wasn't a major significant contribution like Bhakti Vinod or like Bhakti Siddhanta opened 64 moths like Prabhupada went all over the world and so forth. So he took the picture off the altar. Hmm. He thought, I'll, you know, this, be faithful to this idea, we keep a line of substantial persons who we've been influenced by. And so this came back to Sridhar Maharaj. He heard that, the, that Sudhir Goswami had taken Gorkishore Das Babaji's picture off the altar and he was quite upset with that. And so he chastised him and so forth. And then in the afternoon they said, well, Gurmarsh, what was the contribution of Gorkishore Das Babaji? I mean, you know, what did he do? Like, what did he... <laughs> of course, he's pure is the point. Hmm? And what he does, that will depend on how Krishna moves such a devotee. Hmm? Uh, moves them, some in one way, some in another way. What we're looking for is the purity. Hmm? And, uh, but anyway, Sridhar roared back. He said, his contribution is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So it was a big contribution. <laughs> one person, so to speak. So um, we make our connection with Gorkishore Das Babaji Marsh through Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And he was not easy to make, to connect with. Hmm? Um, uh, Gorkishore Das Babaji Marsh was. Uh, Appeared in the world in, in West Bengal and in uh, Faridabad district, I think. Yeah, and and um, he was born in a Vaishya family. Hmm. Now there's some Gaudiya people who say that you know, unless you're born in a Brahmin family in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you can't be a guru. Hmm. So, so much for Gorgasardas Babaji. He was in a Vaishya family and. And uh, he was a married man, and at age 29, his wife died hmm? when he was 29. And it was a, a um, transformative moment for him, and he uh, became a, a, a follower of Jagannath Das Babaji. Hmm? He said he got cloth from and a type of vish initiation from Jagannath Das Babaji and then from his disciple Bhagwat Das Babaji he received the Kopan and became a Babaji himself hmm? and lived in Vrindavan for for many years there throughout the Braj and he was famous known for his his Bhakti hmm? and in the later part of the 19th century around the time That probably around the time that Prabhupada was born, around 1896, yeah, I think it was 1896, um, Gorkha Shodas Babaji Marsh was sent to Navadweep by um, Jagannath Das Babaji to spend the last years, final part of his life there. So he stayed in Nadia for about 30 years. He probably arrived there when he was in his mid 50s. Hmm? already known as a Siddha Purusha, uh, perfect devotee. And he, and he stayed in Nadia roaming throughout uh, Navadweep for under 30 years. Hmm. And uh, as I say, he was hard 
to get a connection with. So we very much uh, are um, uh, grateful to be connected with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and to thereby have a really meaningful, disciplic, if you will, connection with Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj. Hard to get connection with. He uh, took great pleasure in avoiding people who are after his company, hiding from them. And uh, it was rather in a kind of a playful spirit that he would, a sporting kind of spirit that he would avoid people and uh, and uh, go to extremes by way of uh, going to places where they would never go. He would hide out in prostitutes' houses, mm-hmm. sometimes known prostitutes' houses, on their veranda. If people, if he knew someone was coming to look for him for connection and so forth. So he had no inclination to give uh, initiation to to anyone, which made him desirable. Hmm? People run here and there and everywhere, ambitious to collect disciples and intimidating them. As, you, know, you have to get initiated here because I'm in this family line or because this institution is like this or like that. He had none of this in him. Hmm. And so it was hard to make a, a connection with him. Some people say Bhaktivinod wanted to be initiated by him, but he avoided Bhaktivinod. But later he associated intimately with, with Bhaktivinod Thakur. And he used to go to the cl- Bhagavatam classes of Bhaktivinod. He also celebrated the Yoga Pit um, discovery, if you will, Birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, un- uncovered by Bhakti Vinod. Gorkishore regularly celebrated that with him by way of having Sadhusanga there uh, and so on. And it was the great Bhakti Vinod Thakur who told his son, Bhimal Prashad, who became the great Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, who became Varshabhanavi Daitya Das that he should get initiation from Gorkishore Das Babaji. Hmm? But again, he was not inclined to give initiation to, to anybody. Hmm? He uh, wandered freely and avoided the people in general. He had a begging bowl from which he would beg dry foods from people, and uh, like uh, rice or dal, and then he, he used to wear that on his head as a hat, also that begging bowl. Um, we can go on, there's a lot of mad type things that he did, but it's notable that he was not like that he, uh, up until his 29th year. You know, he was quite a normal person. Hmm. So, um, but after his life of devotion, he was uh, appeared like a, well, there was something wrong with him, perhaps, from worldly point of view. As I said the other day, our goal is to become dysfunctional in relation to the world. So he's an example of what I'm talking about. Very, very extraordinary. He would wear the bowl on his head. He carried an umbrella that he would beat people with if they tried to get uh, too close to him and get it, ask for initiation. Mm. And uh, he wore a tiger's skin hat also. Uh, <laughs> these are some of his, his uh, paraphernalia. He, he was, uh, you know, outside of the box. 
so to speak, uh, in in many 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 respects. Um, he often made his places of worship the outhouses of um, other people. Hmm. Uh, so, because he figured people wouldn't come there, you know. Uh, so, there's one. There's some eye, eyewitness testimonies to uh, some of his extraordinary um, powers and so forth. There's one Bengali fellow. On, he's a well-documented testimony. I forget his name, but he um, he witnessed. Babaji Maharaj doing bhajan in, a, in somebody's brick outhouse. And after he left, he that Babaji went there, and or that person went there, and he said that the bricks were chanting Hare Krishna. That was his experience. So he couldn't believe that he could make inanimate matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but then it was, that, was, that was a testimony. Another uh, lady... Um, devotee also um, gave personal testimony of having witnessed him. I think she was connected with Radha Raman uh, Temple in Vrindavan and had um, uh, he's uh, featured in a book by June what's her name? McDaniels? I think it's like Crazy Saints of Bengal or something like that. <laughs> and so he's one of them listed there and uh, so some of these uh, testimonies were pretty well researched and, and so forth. Um, so one, one uh, I think her name was Tardasi, she, she experienced him um, acquiring an eggplant, a raw eggplant, and then cutting it in half, washing it in the Ganga, hmm? putting a Tulsi leaf on each half and then offering it with a song in praise of Goranga. And after offering it, then his body turned bright red. Tears poured out of his eyes and covered, drenched his, his chest and he swelled up and for an hour. After that, then he, he sang another song to put his Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to rest and then he ate the eggplant, hmm. raw eggplant, soaked in Gandhi's water with relish. Hmm. And she was amazed to see this extraordinary kind of um, behavior. So, hmm. um, uh, a very, very um, um, person who, he didn't preach, so he Someone was asking me the other day uh, about the Mahabhagwata and the vision of the Mahabhagwata, seeing Krishna everywhere and so forth. And and um, this is not a vision, a state, if you will, that one can stay within and effectively disseminate Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And that's why probably just say, well, the Uttamadhikari has to come down to the Madhyamadhikari position in order to discriminate, in order to preach. Hmm. So he didn't preach, so he stayed in that that um, otherworldly, you know, living in a subjective world, so to speak, uh, while appearing in the in the objective world. And so, still, we benefit from such a person. He told Bhakti Sarasita, of course, we're getting to that story. Um, 
uh, I should hold off, but like he told him not to preach. So he had a different mood from Prabhupada. <laughs> Watch out. Um, <laughs> um, he told him not to preach. But Bhakti Siddhanta, as I say, he did make connection with him, although it was difficult to do, and he was keeping himself um, aloof from people, and um, it wasn't your common sadhu you could invite over for lunch, you know, and uh, offer him a, a nice prepared meal. He said he only ate rice from three ladies, three ma's, Chotoma, Major Ma, another ma. So there's three ladies he he was fond of for their devotion and their affection for him, and he would only take rice from their their hands. Hmm. Um, so he was a, anyway a substantial person to be found, substantial devotion somewhere, and, and he respected it, and he made his own. Connections, but he was very reticent, uh, if not against the idea of giving anyone initiation, having any servants, if you will. And so he uh, avoided this um, um, with uh, with uh, uh, effort, which made him just that much more attractive. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur told his son, whom he had given Krishna Nam to, uh, Arinam to, Bhaktivinoda Thakur gave to his son Vimopashad and gave him the Shringa Mantra. He told him to get Mantra Diksha from, get initiation from Gorkashur Das Babaji Maharaj. So uh, it is said that the Babaji Maharaj crossed this bridge in, in Navadvip every day. And so Bhaktisiddhanta went and tried to stop him on the bridge. He had petitioned him earlier and couldn't get a favorable response, so he kind of cornered him on the bridge. And, and by this time, Babaji Maharaj had an affectionate relationship with Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. So, um, and this was Bhakti Vinod's son. Hmm. And he wanted to be initiated. And he said, and if you don't initiate me because Bhakti Vinod has told me I must get initiation from you, I will jump off the bridge. And so he gave him his tiger skin hat and uh, he also uh, had he had a basket. He kept some paraphernalia in for doing puja. He he, he had uh, sometimes carried a deity around with him. He gave that paraphernalia to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and on the bridge apparently he gave him initiation without a diksha patra, which was the custom a letter. It's confirming you're initiated by me and I am such and such in my Gaur Swarup and in my Krishna Swarup I'm this and my Guru is this and this and this is the whole line. <coughs> he didn't get such a letter. So later some people questioned what kind of initiation did he get a letter? <laughs> um, what mantras did he get? And so, you know, there's, there's this, there's, as I said, there's mantra initiation and then there's, there's Bhava, so... He, he, whatever he did, he blessed Bhakti Siddhanta Sashti Thakur and accepted him hmm, in ways that uh, were confirmed also later on on the part of some of Bhakti Siddhanta Sashti Thakur's own disciples. I believe Keshav Marsh had the opportunity to to, to meet uh, Gorkashar Das Babaji Marsh in some outhouse. <laughs> and um, he, they wanted him to come out 
um, there's a number of occasions like this where he would lock himself up in an outhouse and chant, Ha-go-dunga, 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 for hours and hours and hours. And people were concerned that he would, you know, burn out his vocal cords. They tried to stop him. And he would go and sometimes chant something else to try to change his mood. So he would stop for a while. I think on one occasion it was maybe Keshavarj, one of the early disciples of Bhaktisant Sarsitapa, was sent to, to take him out of an outhouse or something. I, was, I can't remember the details, but he wouldn't budge from the place. But then he came in the course to understand that, that this was a disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta, who was initiating in the presence of Gorakashore Das Babaji and the presence of Bhaktivinotakura. So, obviously, with their blessings. Hmm? And when he heard that, oh, it was the son of, or the disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta, then he came out. And, um, forgive me for the, not remembering all the details, but it's a, it was a, a form of uh, confirmation that was to an, uh, of an issue that came in question after the passing of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, which, he, as I said, he caused quite a lot of waves in, uh, in um, his um, preaching, especially to the tradition, and so he made many enemies. Hmm. That's uh, usually the one of the results of preaching. Once one of my gabbards complained to Prabhupada that my preaching was disturbing people, some people at the, at the airport, some of the authorities at the airport were disturbed. And Prabhupada said to him, which he later told me, he said, if there's no disturbing, then there's no preaching. You don't go to just pat everybody on the back, but to unsettle them, to, to, to cause them to doubt. This is, our, this is cause them to doubt and reassess and so forth. And, and then voice your doubt, and then answer it, and so forth. So, so, um, so, it was later after the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaka that some people brought into question his initiation and so forth, and the validity of the whole line of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaka, and so forth. It's kind of silly propaganda that. Um, Full of speculations about history that could never be um, definitively uh, uh, determined what the history was and so forth. But we see the uh, the power of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur um, uh, in his outreach and, and preaching, and we uh, um, are confident. We have some testimonies, as I say, to others of his affinity for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Thakur, who um, received the name from him um, of Varshavanabhi, uh, what is it? She Varshavanabhi Daitya, Daitya Das, so servant of, of Radha. Hmm? And um, and so this uh, uh, set the, the really the, the, the preaching life of Bhakti Siddhanta Sashi Thakur in 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 motion, as was he was um, uh, was expected of him by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, 
and once he had initiation from Gorakshar Das Babaji Maharaj's mission started and, and became the great um, Gaudiya mission, also known as Gaudiya Mat, 64 moths around India. That's a lot, 64 monasteries. And he was drawing, um, following a membership from educated people, people, not village people who had no caste, uh, but people who were in Gandhi's movement, like Prabhupada Sridhar Maharaj, for example, the whole of young, educated men and women of India were swept up by Gandhi's reforms, and so to pull them out of that was was not an easy uh, task, but uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarastaka was doing that with a number of uh, men and women, and, and, and you need those kind of full-time people, monastics, for opening moths, monasteries, in 64 monasteries, was a lot. Um, so, big preaching work, and, as I say, as I began, the contribution of Gorkishore Das Babaji was significant <laughs> in uh, the form of uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. Now he, the Thakur, had uh, two gurus, Bhakti Vinod and Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, and they were very different. They were really kind of opposites in a way. As I said, Gorakshodas Babaji Maharaj told Bhaktisiddhanta, don't preach. Hmm. And uh, that this costs too much trouble. Crazy people will come, unqualified people, you won't have time to do your bhajan, and so forth. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, got under his skin for not preaching, called him a maya body, Bhaktisiddhanta. You just want to ease lover. Take it easy, and, and uh, you want the freedom from material problem, but you don't want to do anything for Krishna. So he couldn't tolerate that criticism. So he he uh, ended up preaching. But it's interesting to note that the the, the how different were the moods, if you will, of Gorkhasharadas Babaji Maharaj and Bhakti Vinod. One very introverted, and and uh, one very extroverted, and very much I mean interacting with the world and. And the, and the beyond the uh, the world of even Gaudi Vaishnavism in India to the West and so forth, so very different um, moods. But both again, they're pure and being moved. Implication is different ways by Bhagwan. So we cannot evaluate necessarily the position of a Vaishnav simply by any external uh, criterion. Hmm? Um, but rather, we're taught, and Rupa Goswami has emphasized this point, to try to look beyond the body and the psychology hmm, of the devotee hmm, to see the measure of his or her faith and attraction for bhakti and so forth. Hmm. He gives the example of the Ganges, in which many other things besides the holy waters flow, hmm, unfortunately, but not to judge Ganges by that, what, what might be in it, but in another substantial way. <clears throat> so it is with uh, determining the 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 the, the um, worthiness of uh, the value of associating with one devotee or another. We should try to look to see how they are attracted mm, to Krishna mm, within. And they may move differently. These is outside. This is a good example. Hmm. 
Um, and Bhakti Siddhanta had to, you know, deal with two gurus telling him opposite things to do with the opposite moods and so forth. So he, uh, he he also ultimately, of course, became his own person, if you will, influenced by these two. I have a similar situation in in in, in a way that I it's uh, remotely similar, I should say that that Sridharmarsh was very introverted and Prabhupada was very uh, um, extroverted comparatively. He had very different. Uh, Personalities and Shridharmarsh liked to keep in very smaller circles, and Prabhupada was, you know, world conquering in his uh, uh, outlook and and so forth. So, so, uh, but in each we find uh, that Prabhupada said you can find a leaf from the tree that has fallen at the root, at the base, and it. You, you find one in a distant place, blown in the wind, hmm? but they taste the same, you know, oh, they've come from the same tree. Hmm? They're in a different place, in a different position, situation, but they come from the same tree. We should them be a uh, substance seeker, so to speak, an essence seeker, sort out um, uh, how we will connect ourselves with that which is uh, substantial in terms of the descent of divinity in the world. So this is what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, through whom we know about Gorakasharas Babaji, is, uh, was uh, very much about, and as he was like living out of the box, if you will, in the ways we're describing, he taught Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur to think outside of the box hmm, in terms of his, uh, his, his preaching, his outreach. Hmm. So he fashioned a mission and so forth. As I mentioned it the other day, the first kind of formalization of a, in a structural sense uh, of a mission, besides the literature institutionalizing in that way, institutionalizing it form of a mission with standards of behavior and, and, uh, and a mission to go and conquer the world for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to fulfill the, the prediction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that his name would be heard in every town and village. This kind of um, organized, kind of followed a little bit the organization of the Ramakrishna mission, he thought. Oh, we can have our own missionaries, or the Christian missionaries who were making inroads into Indian society and so forth to go back, as they had come to India, back the other way, to the West, was his ambition. And so... Um, um, we, 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 we make our connection to Gorakasharnas Babaji Marsh um, through him and and that connection has come into question in later years after his departure and so forth. There's a famous story um, uh, with regard to his disappearance and uh, I believe that um, um, well at the time of his disappearance that we're celebrating today, uh, he had um, said prior to that that when I pass away from the world, my body, I want my body to be tied to a cart, like an ox cart or something like that, or a horse-driven cart, and dragged through the streets of Navadweep. Mm-hmm. That was his request. And so at the time of his passing, some people were arranging to do that. Hmm. 
And the great Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakura stepped in and uh, objected to that. Hmm. And, uh, you know, made the point, this is his humility, it's not the way to, to literally deal with the, uh, the, the perfected sadhakadeha of my Gurudev and so forth. And, um, uh, and so he stood up and made a challenge and was able to get the, um, the, um, have the jurisdiction over how the uh, Sadakadeya of Gorgashita's um, Babaji Maharaj would be uh, dealt with upon his passing. Uh, I'm not sure, um, this was one incident, there's another incident after his body had been placed in Samadhi by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. When the Ganges came and sh- shifted its course, and the place where his body was in Samadhi was in danger of being taken, the earth and all, by the Ganges. And so he had to move it at that time. And again, he met with confrontation. Um, and he prevailed in each instant. In one of the instances, I forget which one it was, that's why I mentioned them both, the way in which he prevailed, prevailed is, is a fairly well-known story, that he, he said that, uh, that only someone who is pure can touch the body of Gorgashore Das Babaji Maharaj. So as a standard of purity, he said, any, any, any man who here who has not had an illicit connection with women in the last year can come forward. Hmm. What did he say? Something like that. Uh, and then nobody came forward. And he said, or in the last six months, mm-hmm. Hmm? and no one came forward. And then he said, uh, "We well, actually he 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 started the other way. In the last in the last three days, he made a proposal like this, and there was a constable there, you know, policeman, and the policeman said, "Well, how will we know whether they're telling the truth or not?" Hmm? His idea was. Any person who has not had illicit connection with women in the last three days come forward. Anybody in the last month, in the last six months, in the last year, something like that. And so, the, but the the, uh, the constable said, "How will we know if they're telling the truth?" He said, "I'll accept whatever, whoever, whatever. I'll accept them on their word." But the the the, the kind of the the <laughs> the power of his own honesty and purity and so forth intimidated them that that, that you know, they, they didn't want to lie to buy, you know in that situation to him they didn't think that would be good so no one came forward is, is the point mm-hmm. and so he, he made a claim that discipline disciple means to follow the discipline so none of you are his disciples mm-hmm. I am the disciple I follow with this, the standards that he set and expected uh, so, and it goes to, without saying it. You may think I didn't get a formal initiation. I did. It lacked certain formalities, perhaps, which was the standard of the time, but it was substantial. And this is another way in which I'm making that point to you, hmm, that I follow the discipline. And so they backed off, and he was able to, in the second occasion, I think that's when this occurred, he was able to transfer the remains of Bhakti, uh, of Gorkashara's Babi that were in danger Doing the, the shift of the Gandhis of being taken into the Bay of Bengal, and that was transferred, I, I believe, to the, um, his um, 
uh, the, the Gaudiya Mat there in, in Mayapur, hmm? just next to the Yoga Pit, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, Bhagavad Gita Thakur, as I say, he had a, he had a genuine, a substantial connection with someone who was very difficult to get a connection with, and by his grace, through our uh, through the successive charges and so forth, we're proud to be connected with Gorka Shardas Babaji. We consider him part of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar in a zigzag way, <laughs> if you will. I mean, he's not initiated by Bhakti Vinod, and Bhakti Vinod, some people say, wanted to be initiated by him, ended up being a Bhagwat speaker that, 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 that the, uh, the Gorka Shardas Babaji Marsh would relish hearing the Bhagwat from. Hmm? Uh, but they were, he's part of the mix, so to speak, of what has come to be the, the, the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, hmm, the family of lineage coming from Bhaktivinoda, such a big luminary in his time, his contribution is immense. As we said the other day, he was named, nicknamed kind of the seventh Swami, and it is appropriate for different reasons, and we pointed that out. But uh, yes, uh, his picture, Babaji Mara, should remain <laughs> on the altar, is a substantial contribution. He lived, um, as I say, an extraordinary life. He uh, advised Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to um, study and circulate the Satsandarbha, hmm. the, such a strong philosophical uh, ground, if you will. And so he gravitated towards that. Um, he himself is said to have kept with him this I think Prem Bhakti Chandrika, the poems of Narutam, that he would, that was his Shastra. Hmm. Prabhupada said about the poems of Narutam, he's taken all the Vedic wisdom and turned it into simple Bengali vernacular, and, 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 with it, and, and, and in that, the essence of that, the, the, uh, the ideal of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. So we all greet that to him, Bhakti uh, Gorkishwar Das Babaji Maharaj. We're, Happy to sit and speak a few words about him on this sacred day. Does anyone have any question? Yes. Well, a couple of things. Um, first, I was just wondering the example that Gorakashur Das Babaji showed in, the, in a line of um, gurus who really emphasized <coughs> the outreach, and he emphasized the inreach. And even Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had spent 10 years in Bajan and it was he said in, that he came out from from that Bajan and that was the inspiration that he had to come out and, and preach and so mm-hmm. to have that example of the importance of doing that having that inner life and um, and even yourself you spent some years really deep it seemed that in more of an in-reach kind of situation and now it seems like you're coming out and <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just trying to get help but what's your question? so the question is do you, do you think that that might have been one of the reasons that Krishna arranged for him to have two gurus that are telling him opposite things and then the other question well, both sides are there if that's what you mean. Both sides need to be emphasized. Like I told the story when, when Ramaswar Marsh first sent a, a letter to Prabhupada about Tripurari Das, 
you know, he's selling so many books. He's a very nice person um, to, like, at that time he had some connection with Prabhupada because of Karandar's situation changing and he had a lot of responsibilities. And and so he, because of him, I, I was... And I was already Prabhupada's disciple, but you wrote to Prabhupada about me, he's doing like this. And so Prabhupada wrote back about me, and then I started a correspondence with Prabhupada after that. But Prabhupada wrote, you know, it's very nice that Tripardas is selling so many books, and, and then in his own handwriting at, at the end, he's put a star, and he wrote, we make sure he's always reading them. So both sides are there, right? And, and so um, really, the the outreach comes from the inner reach. So I was always very clear on the point. I, 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 I'm not sure if I'm addressing your question, but um, it does stand out as something to take uh, note of, I suppose, in our lineage, that we have such an inward um, person as Gorkashur Das Babaji, who and didn't bring himself to the point of discriminating with, and uh, to interact with the public, but was um, very much always in an otherworldly state. Um, we have that, and then we have the other side of Bhakti Vinoda, Bhakti Siddhanta, with a very um, active in interacting with with the world and so forth. Um, I, I suppose it serves to say, as a make a point to us. I mean, I made the point in a sense because now sometimes it's thought. Well, some people think like some of my, some people think. Well, Prabhupada, for example, he was a big preacher in all of the world. So this is the you know this is the standard. If you're a great devotee, this is what you do. They have a stereotypical conception. If that you're a great Mahabhagwat, you act in a certain way because. They say Prabhupada won and he acted like this, but they act in different ways. They're moved in different ways. We find it in the whole Sampradaya. Like Rupa Goswami was moved in a particular way by Mahaprabhu. Nityananda Prabhu in a, in a very different way. Sanatana also, Raghunathasa. There's nuance to all of them, and their writings are different, with different emphasis, emphases and so forth. Hmm. Uh, so... You know, Prabhupada also had his emphasis, historically, something, a contribution that he was making in time and circumstances and so forth. And some of that, you know, it's, it's forever enshrined in, you know, eternity, the contribution and so forth, but um, it doesn't begin and end there. That's not what he, what, what he taught. And it's not the only example of what a life of, of pure devotion, uh, how it plays itself out. There are other examples, and uh, in our own lineage, and so this should be reflected on. Help us, help us to understand. Um, Prabhupada, for example, who's been misunderstood by a number of people, it would seem to me, hmm. and that in the name of glorifying him, which you know, glorification has to be accurate in order for it to be meaningful. That's why. Many people try to glorify Chaitanya Mahababu, but Srup Damra didn't accept all the glorifications. If they weren't correct in Siddhanta and Rasa Tattva, then he would reject the poems that were offered in praise. So, you can say all kinds of things about Prabhupada, but they should be accurate. 
I mean, he did things that he did are extraordinary. If you if you understand what they were, they were super extraordinary. You don't have to add more to, than that. You don't have to make up other things. You know, if you really understood what he did do, then that's it's enough to keep keep talking about him for. And you know, the idea of keeping him in the center is like I don't know how could he get out of the center. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, you're worried that somehow he's probably going to take him out of the encyclopedia or something, you know, because, he, I mean, he did what he did. And, and uh, thoughtful people, intelligent people understand it. If less intelligent people don't understand it, well, that's to be expected. So, I'm thinking life has to go on. I mean, the parampara has to go on. That's his own, his own teaching, so, obviously. So, anyway. And then the other thing is just for you to clarify something you said the other night, um, or maybe talk a little bit more about it, where you were saying it's you can go faster alone, but it's safer to go in a group at a slower rate. So um, it may be safer. Yeah. And, and so if you could maybe just expand on that a little. Well, that's fairly obvious. I mean, with a group, you've got to go slow. I've had some of my garbages told me, you know, you should, Mars, you should come back to ISKCON. I was like, <laughs> you're dreaming. You, know, like, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's, uh, it's, it's, they have this nice sentiment, but they, they haven't thought it out very well. Why I'm not there and uh, why I wouldn't be welcome <laughs> by the powers that be. But at, at any rate, it, it, and, and one of the reasons is, they say, is that in ISKCON, you know, we have this GBC, and so um, Prabhupada wanted it run by a group like this, and then you have to, you know, yes, sometimes they, you know, they make decisions that aren't the best and they have to be corrected later on, but this gives you an opportunity to tolerate. Hmm? And so, yeah, and, and then you become humble because you you tolerate. I don't, I don't need any. I, don't have to, I got plenty of things to tolerate. You know? yeah. the, the the teaching is to find a favorable environment for your practice, and in the context of that, tolerate the things that, that will inevitably arise. Not to go and look for a for a situation that that uh, is unfavorable for your practice because there's, you know, too many things to tolerate, that they're intolerable things from your own, you know, vantage point, perspective, intolerable things. That's what they tell the prophet, the Bodhimatta, come back here, serve under us. Yeah. We will decide if we want to publish your book. That's a good example, yeah. So he would go slower. Hmm? And he didn't do that. Instead, he... Tirtha Marsh told him, come, for now we're publishing Bhaktivinoda's books. First thing is you come here and join the mission. That's the first thing. We talk about your books, whatever that is, <laughs> later on. Come here and assist and help with Bhakti Vinod's books and so forth. And Prabhupada, you know, didn't do that. Just went on and published his own books and so forth. So, had he joined there, he would have gone slower. Maybe he would have been safer. But, no. but, so, but the point about safety is that there's safety in numbers. So, you know, um, you have good association, then you, you can... Um, you, you get strength in that. Obviously, it's uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, Prabhupada himself spoke about. Hmm? So Prabhupada chose to go separately hmm? and move faster, but he himself acknowledged also 
that the shortcoming of that was he had no one to consult with. He wrote the Shida Marsh like that. I'm here in America, and I've had a heart attack. I might pass away. I have no one to consult with. This is my only weakness here. And so on this point, I ask you, should I die, risk dying in America? Gorka Shirdas Babjimarsh was concerned about his death. So he used to carry some dust from the uh, dom on the bank of the Ganges. He used to strap it on his head and the cloth. So wherever he died, he would be touching the, you know. So, so Prabhupada anyway expressed some concern, you know, where I'll die. If, should I go back to Vrindavan? I'm old, I've had a heart attack. Should I go back to Vrindavan and pass, you know, in, 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 in that uh, auspicious um, location, place, the Dham, or should I stay here and preaching? I'm getting some success. He wrote this to Sri Ramarsh and reply came back, you should stay there and preach. And, but he expressed, this is a sign of his strength and that he expressed some weakness that I have no, no, no one to consult with and, and so forth. He, again, he said, my grandchildren are coming, but my children are not coming. Twenty-year-olds are coming, but fifty-year-olds are not. And they don't have a brain. These twenty-year-olds, and, and it's they're rather amusing at times uh, the way they, they take things and understand things. Uh, I mean, that's obvious that um, he was thinking like that, and he made that statement. So he acknowledged weakness, shortcoming. If you have, you know, therefore he wanted his god brothers to come and help him. You know, would have a team and and. Um, and there would have been other people initiating. He had uh, expressed that to some in letters and so forth, and it didn't happen for any number of reasons. You know, um, it's like you know, Dulal Chandra goes to Korea, you know, and says, "It's happening over here." You know, he's got a big mission. And Tripurari Swami's had his mission for years, and he's like tired and old now. You know. And so I'll go over there to Korea, sure, you know, I'll see. And all of a sudden, boom, it explodes and he's gone, you know. And you think, yeah, well, it would have been a good thing to... Hindsight is pretty good, it's twenty twenty, you know. But at the time, so we are all probably... Why didn't they all come and join him, you know? Well, you know, um, there were good reasons, too, you know. It's like... You get some report, something's happening in a distant country, and you don't know anything. It's not like today, you know, the internet, you don't know what the world's like, even practically. So, And they had, they were, oh, they'd been preaching, they had their missions, they had opened, some of them, a number of missions in, in India, and that was keeping them busy and so forth. And so, so anyway, Prabhupada, you know, that's, you know, he's given a good example. He didn't want to slow down and be in the by being in the group as the group was mandating and he went by himself but he expressed also at the same time that's uh, there's a shortcoming to that so so he wanted association I, I very much want that we have open policy you know as I didn't say last night but we were talking about the community here you know this was when we can establish a temple and so forth and we certainly want to have festivals or, you know they do these 24-hour kirtans but only well, certain people are allowed to come. <laughs> so we will invite leaders from other moths missions to come and speak and give lectures and 
and uh, Harinam and so forth, and we want to do things like that. We want to show that it's this, it's not a hard thing to do, it's just common sense, it's just not this big complicated affair. And here, also, I mean, there's, uh, there's, uh, we're all connected by good, good faith and uh, enthusiasm. There are people here, so many disciples of Viscon, gurus, and have been initiated here, and there's different, all kinds of people. Everybody here is not initiated by me, right? Hmm. Um, so it all, it's not a problem. It works. It's, it's not a big issue. Uh, it, so we want to set that kind of a standard and show that the, the, the concerns for such. And Prabhupada is, you know, alive and well here. It's not that you feel it's, it's, I mean, we don't have it set up the same way as his temple was, but Prabhupada set up his temple differently from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So different that many of the Gabbadas thought, this isn't Gaudiyamat, this isn't Guru Maharaj's mission. But they've got men and women dancing in the same room. What the... What is that? That's what they thought. And he has men and women dancing together in the same room. The name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Sankirtan. And we just laugh at that. So there are some things that other people say about me that I laugh about too, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, and uh, I also had a question kind of in relation to Arch and his first question, and he did answer it, but last night it seemed like, like, just say we were all here, and it seemed like you were saying, we've really got a lot of work to do, we've got a lot to accomplish, and um, it seemed like you were saying maybe not to increase our bhajan, because I was thinking, but I also remember that you said, um, the more you feel like there's a taste coming and chanting, that's how you know you can increase. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering about that. Like it seemed like last night that you weren't emphasizing that part as much as working hard to get this going. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a general statement. It depends. You know, but there's all types of different persons here from different backgrounds and different... Um, tenure and nature and so on and so forth. So it doesn't override things I may have spoken to you personally, necessarily. But you're doing both. You have you open the temple. You're sending new people here. Uh, we have Guna Namas here as a, as, a, as a monastic. You helped with the, such and others. Uh, forgive me for not mentioning, but he's right there. I'll see him. So and so and his, his course another. I don't know. These people are all coming, so you're doing preaching, and you're Orna Ryan. How could I miss him? He's towering above everyone, even as he sits down. So, so you're doing an example of both. So, we're very honored to have your connection. I knew from the day I met you in New York. Remember when I came to New York? Yeah, <laughs> we went to Newark together. I knew she's sincere. That that girl's sincere. I thought she's she'd be good. So glad to have your your association. Yes. What kind of connection should we draw between Gorkishodas Babaji and Jagannath Babaji? Well, Gorkishodas Babaji Maharaj is said to have had some formal 
connection with Jagannathas Babaji to start his spiritual life. So they say he got vesh, which means dress, from Jagannathas Babaji and kopin from Bhagwat Das Babaji, who was a disciple of Jagannath Das Babaji. So whatever Vesh means at that time, usually it, it, it means to... <coughs> these days it's going to mean to adopt like the renounced dress, but Kopen means... Kopen, but it means to... Um, more readily it, it implies that he became a renunciate so a, a Babaji himself that lifestyle so but anyway he has some formal initiation type connection with Jagannath Das Babaji mm-hmm. um, and in um, in and that is stressed in in the academic book I mentioned also where they tend to be you know sort through the superstitions and so forth and so on. So, um, I've heard others say he's connected with the way to Paribar in some way, but we don't know who, by who, or what, or if that's true. So, we take him as a disciple of Jagannath Das Babaji. Yes. I think it bears uh, to be mentioned that the propaganda against Bhakti Siddhanta mm. is also still current. Yeah, it's true. Even now, <laughs> you may find an email popping up in your. They're very, very uh, pervasive. You mean the Raganuga sector? Yeah. That's what they're preoccupied with. And I guess that's coming from the Vishkan in India. There, There's a backlash, and this sector is still out there saying that there's no connection for Bhakti Siddhanta to Parampara. Yeah. Well, as I say, that's, that's indicative. If, this is, if that's your... Preoccupation in the name of Raghunuga Bhakti to send out emails that Bhakti Siddhanta is not bona fide. It does bring into question your what you're all about, <laughs> what you think you're all about. Uh, uh, but it, that, yeah, what, what that's all about, of course, is that um, after Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur left the world, then there was no one disciple that he said more um, uh, that he publicly had said more praised more than Anantadas Babaji or what was his name? Anantavasudev he would say whatever where I will go Vasudev knows he would quote the verse and so forth and there's a, a scene from the followers of Anantadas Babaji through Odalomi Maharaj and Bhagavad Maharaj, they published a book some years ago and they got everything in it that Bhakti Siddhanta said, like we've got, you know, Prabhupada said uh, he said, if you ever, ever get money print books and he will do everything and, you know, Sridhar Maharaj got a couple of them, you know, Shastra Nipun you know, he, I knew that he could never be converted uh, everybody's got a couple of these things that Bhakti Siddhanta said about Madhav Maharaj about Keshav Maharaj about Sridhar Maharaj, about our Prabhupada and so forth, which except you see, you know, that means, you know, which is fine, but he went through the list about another Vasudev and there's like pages of them and they're like really glowing endorsements of of, of Ananta Vasudev, who Bhaktisan Sarsak Sakra never never gave sannyas to. He was a he was a brahmachari. 
And so after the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Sosya Thakur, the, the GBC of Gaudiya Math, they um, uh, reached kind of some type of a stalemate as to how to proceed with regard to the Acharya and, and, and its succession. And some sannyasis mm-hmm, felt that the sannyasis should initiate, and some felt that that no one has been praised more as being qualified than Ananda Vasudev, and he's not a sannyasi. He should he should be uh, the successor, and so there was a dispute like this. And uh, Tirtha Maharaj, the two prominent people were Tirtha Maharaj, who managed Godiamant. He was the manager. So he took the inspired life of Bhakti Siddhanta and thought this should be organized and disseminated. So he was had a huge contribution. Hmm? Managers, you know, they, they do a lot, put a lot of things in place, make things happen, and so forth. So there are many nice things that also Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta said about him. So he kind of felt that he should be the successor. And others felt Ananta Vasudev should be the successor, and Ananta Vasudev didn't feel that way necessarily. So some felt that in Tirtha Maharaj there may be some Pratishta. It was brought to Sridhar Maharaj, who was not a member of the JBC, but they knew he was a fair person, detached. So they brought their, their dilemma. And they asked his opinion. He said, well, if you ask me, then from what you've told me, it appears that it's possible that Tirtha Maharaj, who was saying, you know, and, and then, you know, if I become, then I will also include these other sannyasis, you know. It's that some of them want to be, so they're possibly they have some self-motivation for being the leader and Andavasadeva is a brahmachari. He doesn't have it. He not even doesn't even want it. So, from what you told me, I would say maybe go with him if those are the two choices. That's the instance in which Prabhupada later said that who he endorsed in Andavasadeva, who Prabhupada also went along with that hmm, for years. Um, but Tirtha Marsh fought it, hmm. and um, and Tirtha Marsh um, secured some properties and. And then he told other sannyasis, as I say, if you join with me to get rid of Ananta Vasudev, then I'll make you all acharyas also, and this kind of thing. And so there was a struggle. And Ananta Vasudev um, um, had some, uh, succumbed to some moral lapse. And so um, after that happened, then he. Um, he had a critique of the mission, and his critique was of was a lot of it was of the sannyasis and their outreach. There was no bhajan; they weren't, in his estimation, equally cultivating in their life. And he had some interesting critiques. Have you listened to them? They're very interesting and, and, and thoughtful, and so forth. But he, he himself had moral lapse, so his critiques were not taken very seriously. And um, and so he left the mission, and Tirtha Maharaj was the Acharya, and then other people, you know, were on their own, so to speak. Tirtha Maharaj said, "You know, help me 
who were coming on to Vasudeva, and I'll make you a charya. And those who helped him, then he then when Ananda Vasudeva was gone, Tirthamarsh didn't allow any of them to be in the, in the mission as acharyas, so they went themselves independently. Hmm. Anyway, so um, Ananda Vasudeva then, with Sundar Ananda Vidyavinoda and someone else, they wrote some, some books of philosophy, uh, kind of about Guru Parampara, they never mentioned Bhakti Siddhanta, but they they were questioning the validity of the lineage of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakura. Hmm. They never mentioned him. They never overtly kind of offended him. But um, the books were against Godiamat, basically, and so that was a big blow to Godiamat. And Anandavasa, they've had a lot of followers. He told them all, go to Vrindavan, find gurus connected to one of the party bars coming from Mahaprabhu, get yourself reinitiated, and so forth. Meanwhile, Godiamat and its different branches, it excelled in some places. You know, Mata Marsh had like a dozen Mats in India, and Keshav Marsh had a number of them. Uh, Prabhupada came to America some years later, obviously, and had a huge success and so forth. And so, the when Anantavasudev left, then the people, many who were criticized by Bhakti Siddhanta, hmm, they were getting their day. They thought, okay, you know, and so let's see. They came out with their propaganda, but it didn't. It didn't stop people like Keshav Maharaj or Sridhar Maharaj or Prabhupada and so forth, Madhav Maharaj preaching. And obviously they prevailed and 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 by the time Prabhupada was in America with his mission, those stories were just like old wives' tales, you know. We, we didn't have an ear for that. But but um, a couple of people, disciples in Prabhupada's mission, heard some of that propaganda they were spoon-fed some of that propaganda by other people, and then they, they didn't know how to reply. They didn't go to Prabhupada and say, Prabhupada, they're saying that Bhakti Siddhanta was never initiated properly, and we don't, we're not in a disciplic succession. And You know, those points were like, like they were bewildering me to hear, because I thought, I know what I'm experiencing. <laughs> That's why I'm here, <laughs> and you're telling me I, it's not experienceable. That doesn't make any sense. So what are the arguments? Just look at them, you know. But, but I, so I don't know how well connected they were, how they, they, what their math was, you know. Either they weren't getting any experience, or they couldn't figure out, I'm getting this experience because I'm in a really guru parampara, so this propaganda obviously doesn't make any sense. It was always my point. Well, it may be interesting propaganda, but it, it doesn't measure up to my experience. So I, I know my mantra's good. Hmm? I know that. <laughs> I'm feeling that. So this is not an issue. I looked into the issue deeply. And Gobinda Maharaj, the Sridhar Maharaj's successor, that's your Brahma. See, yes, real Guru Nishta, to go into these issues and dig in there deeply and hear all that criticism and so forth and not be affected by that. And so I was like, you know, it was, uh, my Guru Maharaj's dignity and his mission, Bhakti Siddhanta's, some people challenging. So I looked into it. I wrote some things about it also. Hmm. Um, but um, but anyway, uh, it was largely silenced by Prabhupada. But then, it, but then a few disciples of Prabhupada went there, 
crossed over left, you know, Nitai and Hernigarba and uh, Nadia, a few of them. And um, and then they just disappeared, you know. They ended up in academia or, you know, in other places. Um, and, um, but then, hmm, after Prabhupada left, Iskon became weak. Its spiritual leadership became weak. And um, although the leadership has, has kept the corporation, you know, the, together and they've opened new temples and printed books and so on and so forth, which they, you know, hold up against Gaudiya Moth by comparison that broke up and the mission wouldn't stay unified and so forth. But they, you know, but one thing that Gaudiya Moth people do is they didn't, like, lose track of the Siddhanta on some issues. And some people think that some of this kind of leadership has aired on that side, which would be more substantial. So, at any rate, it's, whatever the case may be, it's obvious, it's not a criticism, it's just a, an unfortunate fact that the leadership became weakened. And, you know, you had people who were like a guru of Europe, who was supposed to be, you know, the favorite grandson of Bhakti Siddhanta, who had 2,000 disciples, and ended up becoming, you know, some New Age um, wannabe, and left all of his disciples, and he was promoted by the group, you know, as being this big acharya and so forth. These things, you know, <laughs> you can just say it's not really a problem because Prabhupada, you know, is here, and you know, but if it happened to me, it'd be a problem, and it, and that happened to a lot of people, and it was a problem. So then, you know, with that kind of a thing, and that's like, you know, there's a large percentage of of that happening, you know, per capita, if you will. <laughs> It is gone. It happened. It's happened quite a bit. So it's it's problematic, and so people then they go elsewhere. They look around, and then that these bottom feeders, you know, come out, you know, and with the same propaganda, the same propaganda, and they and they're hearing it for the first time, and it's just like so. It's it's people like you take like like Jagadananda, who's her in the garb of Jagadananda. I helped Jagadananda. Jagadananda came to me years and years ago. Jagadananda's was just named by Prabhupada as Hrnyagarbha. He left Prabhupada after Prabhupada left um, in like 1980 or something like that and got initiated from Lalit Prashad. And then he played that out as a Babaji for a number of years and then he fell down and went to Oxford and got a degree in Sanskrit and married and lived in Canada. So when I did my edition of Tattva Sandarbha, Godbrother of mine, Bicharu, he sent it out to a number of scholars. He had a list for endorsements, and and Jan, Jan Brzezinski is his secular name, happened to be on the list. So he writes back and says, oh, "It's nice, it's, you know, and so forth." So I remembered him, and we started a correspondence. I invited him to come visit with me and spend time. So I talked with him, and and um, I tried to get him back involved in spiritual life and so forth. He asked me what name he should go by. I said, well, you go by the Jagannanda, you know, that's a, that's a nicer name in one sense, you know, and so, and then, um, anyway, then things change, and he, he's gone his own course, and, but, that I don't um, agree with, but at any rate, um, he, he is, he himself, the same arguments that these people are feeding around on the internet, he doesn't accept those arguments, and those the, the arguments on the, the basis of which he left Left Prabhupada, he sees through them how shallow they are, historically, questionably, that 
questionable they are, how they lack substance and so forth. So these these are like <coughs> disciples of Prabhupada's disciples who who who, who didn't uh, who their gurus had couldn't walk in the shoes that they were, were needed to, and so with the failings there, they went other places, and then these rumors are about, and, and then you see what they're getting, I and mean, if that's all they can do, they're going somewhere else to get the higher teaching, and all they can do is send things out in the email, criticizing Bhakti Siddhanta. You know, they're, they're just old, tired arguments that just don't have any substance whatsoever. I mean. I mean, you can go through it. They're, they're not even logical. If you, if you, you can go through and defeat them all. And these, and you know, and this is the mind. Bhakti even knows it's lying. For everybody in the world, outside of you know, India, and even within India, many of them got their faith from in the beginning. They say it has no power. It's just like saying consciousness is not causal. You know, you can't even say. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just it's totally contradictory. It requires consciousness to make the statement that consciousness is not, you know, causal. So it, it's, it's it, I've got my faith in Gaudiya Vaishnavism here, and there, there's no faith that you you can't get faith from there. You know, you can't, which is your connection. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's so the thing is that now you have to. It's hard because these are immature people, but um, that do that. But you you have to. You have to look and see. One thing you have to look and see in the line of Bhakti Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti our Prabhupada. Certain things were said at certain times because of the circumstance for propaganda to, to make emphasis in a certain way. You have to see that those things all line up with the Siddhanta, the Goswamis. So if you see something doesn't, and you see Prabhupada said it otherwise, like fall from Vaikuntha, for example. Prabhupada said one way, one place, one way, another place. So there's a couple issues like that. You have to look and see, okay, what's the Siddhanta from the Goswamis? Then, you know, that's, that's when Prabhupada said it like this, that's the Siddhanta. When he said it like that, there must be some other reason why he said it. We could speculate on what it was, but it's really not important. We know this is the Siddhanta, and so now it's become an issue, so it's important that we represent the Siddhanta because people say, oh, they don't know the Siddhanta over there. They think that you were a gopi and you fell down, right? so therefore you shouldn't go there. Um... So you want to kind of bring those things back on course, so to speak, and then then nobody's got anything to criticize of your your mission, and you got to have good spiritual leadership and so forth. And then you know, Bhakti Pribar, these other groups like this, like you take the Radha group, Kun section of people, whoever you know, like Ananta Das Babaji, the Mahant there, I'm sure he's a great devotee. Um, um, but and he criticized Gaudi They're un- it's, it, If he does, it's un- it's not well informed. He's not that well informed. His criticisms are the same criticisms, and he gets them from people who are bringing them who are uninformed. So you give him a break there, and you know, and then he has good some good contribution. The thing is to make some um, bring the whole thing together a little bit in some ways. But that group over there. Yeah, you have these second, third generation Iskand people go to Radhika and want to preach, you know. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> They're not set up for that. They don't do that. That's not their, you know, that's that's a that's a that's a Bhakti thing. That's a Bhakti Siddhanta thing. That that's what our mission does. That's our approach. They bring that over there anyway. It's not gonna happen. So anyway, 
my thing is, you know, you want to try to work with everybody within reason. You don't agree with everybody on everything, but um, but uh, you have good reason for disagreeing in a gentlemanly way and go on with your the strength of your particular lineage and ours is great. We make a great contribution. We're making new Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis all the time. Hmm. And also interacting with the contemporary modern world and their thoughts and so forth. You're not going to get that, you know, at Radhakund and then figure out how to talk to people about this whole thing. And So that's what we do. That happens to be our, you know, characteristic of the lineage we're in. And it's good. Everybody's here because of that. So that propaganda is just is silly, really. And it's, it's giving a caution. Yeah, it's yeah, it's out there. You can you can ask me about Skip it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's the answers to all that stuff. It's silly. So anyway, yes. Um, Do you have home deities? Yes, sir. They're not dressable, but they do have some. Uh-huh. Well, you treat them like a picture of Krishna. Hmm. What about in temples? Um, like I know at Krishna Road Temple, ours were not installed, I think. But they were there. Installed means that you know, some person of spiritual substance um, acknowledges something like that, so. I think they have that at Krishna Road. <laughs> but it's not a good idea to... The deity worship is... is there's it's, there's a procedure for deity worship. If you do it wrong, you make offenses. And there's a whole list of them. So Prabhupada didn't allow us to just go and buy deities in the market and have them in a... In a he didn't allow that. He wanted to see that... It was a big concern of Prabhupada that deities would be worshipped properly. And he had a high standard of, of deity worship. He figured you're Americans, you've got money, you should throw it at the deity. Hmm? And everything should be, you know, polished and shined and and so forth. And it's a big it's a, today it's a high still a high point of, of ISKCON, I would imagine. They have nice high standard of deity worship and so it's it's very nice. Um, but nowadays people go and buy, buy deities. They come they come to, you know, want to get initiated and then they and then they say, What should I do with my deities? What it's kinda of like backwards here, you know, you got deities and you're doing deity where because you can't do deity worship without getting the mantra for worshiping your deities and then there are procedures and so on and so forth. So it's been a real problem. Um, so what I've come to is so so you have some deities in your house. Just like having a picture, you treat it like that. And, if if it, if to have deities in your house and have real deity worship in your house, your whole house has to become a temple, which is a great idea. But um, I mentioned that house in Madras we went to. What it was like it was like Vaikuntha. So most people are not um, able to do that, and they start it and then they put it down, and it's not something that you pick up and you put down. And they say, would you take my deities? And they pass them up. This is not. This is a nightmare for Prabhupada. He didn't. He wouldn't allow that at all. Hmm? Well, you know, the other end of the spectrum, of course, Prabhupada is multidimensional. He did say at one point, we should get little Gornitai deities and give them to people and say, wave this incense 
at them and chant Hare Krishna and all your desires will be fulfilled. So he did say that. So you can do that at your home. You can wave incense at them and chant Hare Krishna and make a wish. <laughs> Nam is Chintamani Swarup, so. What would be the appropriate wish? <laughs> <laughs> Now, what would be the appropriate way then to have deities to wait to, for people that you've initiated, do you facilitate the getting of deities, or would that be, I don't know, for instance, I don't know, throw it out, Mitra goes to India, he finds Jagannath's holiday of Subhadra and brings it home, would that be, like I don't, like if you brought that as a gift for somebody, just as a, for instance, he's sitting right there. Yeah. No, if you want to, if you might accept, but you want to worship deities, then you, you can bring it up to me individually, and I can say this is not good for you now, or this is. And if you're going to do like this, like some I've given Govardhan Sheila to do worship, and they have a standard every day, they do worship. So, yeah, yeah, yes. Um, when the Nitya Mukta goes into the, is in the Gora Lila, and then in the Sadhka Deha, and then goes to the Siddha Deha in the Krishna Lila, is that transferring over, like, when they, like, when they're sitting in meditation, and then they go into the Krishna Lila? Um, is that Yogamaya? No, not exactly. I mean, the idea that in Gora Lila, that Gora Lila is obviously centered on Krishna, I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was preoccupied with Krishna. So he goes to Kirtan, and then when they do Kirtan, they go into the trance of Krishna Leela. They experience Krishna Leela internally, and they come back to so called external consciousness, which is Gaur Leela. And, um, but um, what's the influence of that? Um, I suppose, in a general sense, you could say Yoga Maya is orchestrating everything. Srupa Shakti is moving in different ways, and Lilith's driven by that. So maybe you could say in a general sense, but basically they're getting the experience of. We don't say that if you chant Hare Krishna and you realize your Srupa that this is Yoga Maya's arranged. We say the Srupa Shakti, Yoga Maya's manifestation, Srupa Shakti. But we say the Srupa Shakti, which is Bhakti is constituted of, is is fully manifesting. So there's Bhava, there's emotion. And inner life. Yeah. One quick more if you two question. Um, Mahar had given us Ladu, and um, I had heard uh, stories about Prabhupada taking a little girl's Ladu to get me to tease with her, but she used to carry it around everywhere. We have a Ladu, we don't carry it around, but is it appropriate? Would it be any offenses for the children to change Ladu because it's kind of a sweet thing that they really. Yeah, they can do that. Ladu Gopal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they like making heated jewelry and little garlands and stuff for them, so. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to have friends. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> what's the time now? 11.17. Oh, 11.17. Yeah. <laughs> the real time is 11.17. Ashram time is 11.17 outside, it's 
It's 11.17 outside? Yes, sir. It's 12.17 here. Okay. For Kishore Das Babaji Maharaj Kijai. Oh, Premanandi. Premanandi.